0: you're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef. I'm Hunter Ehrman, and today I'm joined by NCBA CEO Colin Woodall for an update on the President's National Security Memorandum to Strengthen the Security and Resilience of U.S. Food and Agriculture. Colin, thanks so much for being here today. It's great to be with you, Hunter. So, Colin, why is this memorandum significant to the cattle
0: industry? It's significant in the simple fact that the Biden administration, through this memorandum, makes it very clear that food security, food production is national security. And that is a message that resonates with us. Uh, That's something that we have always felt to be the case. But to actually hear it not only from the White House, but also so many different executive departments and agencies really is a, a great thing for us to know that we're going to be able to do more with this administration and working to protect America's
1: cattle producers. So, Colin, what are the types of threats that are facing this industry that the memorandum ha- seeks to help us address? You know, when you look at all the threats
0: that are Uh, headed our way. It it runs the gamut from things such as foreign animal diseases to worker safety and kind of everything in between. And that really does get at the heart of all the components of this particular uh, national security memo. This national security memo makes it very clear that the ongoing work at places like the Agricultural Research Service at USDA, Customs and Border Protection as part of the Department of Homeland Security. their roles in in research and working on things such as the National Veterinary Stockpile and the work that APHIS does at USDA, Uh, CBP's work in uh, keeping um, different materials for making it through airports across the country and different ports. Uh, All of that is a big part of the frontline defense to make sure that we protect ourselves. But it's also about uh, worker safety, making sure that we have the workers, we're protecting the workers that are needed to take our cattle and ultimately turn them into the beef that was really driven home during the pandemic. And this executive order seeks to address that. But one of the, probably the, the most uh, promising discussions uh, in this particular memo is the fact that they want to use data to drive the discussion, not political agendas, but data. We can get around that quite comfortably because anytime you look at data, we know that we can have a much more productive conversation on the different threats to our industry and how we can respond.
1: So, Colin, can you tell me a little bit more about how this memorandum helps the federal government coordinate and sort of have a full government response to some of these threats? We had
0: the opportunity to go over to the White House to be a part of a pre-briefing before this national security memorandum came out. And the thing that struck me was the fact that in addition to the usual players that we would expect, like... USDA and FDA, we also had the Department of Defense sitting at that table. We had the Department of Homeland Security. We had the FBI. We had the National Security Council. They were all a part of this discussion, and a firm commitment was made to have all of these departments and all of these agencies coordinate and work together in the implementation of this particular memo. And, and that truly is music to our ears, because we know that in the event of uh, some sort sort of animal health emergency, whether it's intentional or unintentional, uh, to be able to have multi-agency coordination is going to be one of the only ways that we can effectively respond and protect
1: ourselves. Well, Colin, I think your presence at that White House meeting really shows how NCBA has some strong relationships in Washington. So uh, what would you say about NCBA's work with members of Congress and the executive agencies um, and why we are here in D.C. on behalf of America's cattle producers? You
0: know, here we are looking at the results of the election, or rather still waiting on the results of the election as you and I are speaking. And it really drives home the point that in Washington, D.C., Democrats and Republicans alike are are pretty transient. They they come and go. But NCBA is here. We've had an office in Washington, D.C. for over 50 years. The association has been around since 1898. And what we have discovered through all of our collective experience as an association is that we have to work on both sides of the aisle. And we have to make sure that we have friends on both sides of the aisle, because that is the only way that you can be successful in Washington, D.C. Now, that doesn't mean we have to agree with everything that they do, because we know that that's just not the case. But we have friends. We have to have the opportunity to uh, talk to all of these players, to be able to engage with them, educate them on our issues, and ultimately try to find solutions on moving forward. I think it's that willingness of NCBA to take that approach and implement that approach is one of the whole reasons why we were invited to be a part of that meeting at USDA when so many other groups within agriculture were not.
1: So, Colin, how does this memorandum relate to other policy priorities for NCBA, like the National Animal Vaccine and Veterinary Countermeasures Bank, which currently houses the foot and mouth disease vaccine?
0: So what this does is it helps reinforce all the work that we did in particular on the foot and mouth disease vaccine in the last Farm Bill. Here we are about to kick off the next Farm Bill discussions, and we know that maintaining funding for that vaccine bank is going to be one of NCBA's top priorities. Now, this memo shows quite clearly that it is a priority for the administration as well. So be able to take the administration's position coupled with the industry's position. We have a very strong case to take to Congress as they consider this farm bill to make sure that that funding is maintained. Uh, another component of this is looking at the new national and BioAgro agro uh, in Bath, the National Bio and Agro Defense Facility. The, this is the facility that uh, was once housed in uh, Plum Island, New York. It's now at Kansas State University. And the whole concept of NBAF is to make sure that we have a biosecurity level three and four lab that can look at some of the most uh, violent d- diseases, most contagious diseases out there, and to ensure that we can figure out ways to prevent them, uh, control them, and ultimately uh, respond to them if we ever have an outbreak. Uh, we need to also make sure that that is continually funded and maintained and is always state-of-the-art. This memo will also help us push Congress
1: on ensuring that's the case. Well, Colin, thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely, Hunter.
0: This has been another episode of Beltway Beat. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.